Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. Hallelujah. Amen, amen and amen. amen. Look into the face of your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, it's so good to see you this morning. Tell the person, I haven't seen you in a while. But you're looking very lovely. Very beautiful. Very gorgeous. Very tantalizing. Very amazing. Very spectacular. Out of the world. It's good to see you. And your life will never be the same again. Come on and clap unto the Lord and exalt his name this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. Let us pray. We bless your name, O God, this morning. We are delighted as always to come before you into your presence. To be with this company of believers. We also know that there are angels all around here this morning. Because whenever we gather, your presence is there. And with your presence comes the company of angels. We are are thankful to you, Father, for everything that you are doing already amongst us. And for what you are going to do here today. Your word is life. Your word brings hope. Your word brings direction. It gives us instruction. It brings warning. And it guides and directs us. And so today we pray, let your word have free course amongst us. And Father, speak to us, to each and every one of us. Even to the one who struggles to understand, may your Holy Spirit help his or her infirmities. Give us a deep insight concerning your word today. And help us to take the decisions we have to take. So that your name will be glorified in our lives. I am but a mortal man. Upon whom the grace of God has settled. And I am honored to have this privilege to preach your word. And to speak your word. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will use me. Anoint my lips. Anoint all my faculties. May I not be seen, but may Jesus be seen today in the name of Jesus. Be blessed and glorified amongst us in Jesus' mighty name. Let the people of God say, Amen. Amen. Would you mind clapping unto the Lord one more time? Hallelujah. God bless you and you may be seated. It's a blessing to see all of you. And may I remind you that today is the first Sunday of the new month of March. And as is our custom, we will be receiving Holy Communion. So let's prepare ourselves for it. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. All right. Now, this morning, I have a very important message for us. Actually, every Sunday, I come with an important message. There is no Sunday that I don't bring to you a message that is not important. And I need you to listen carefully, as always. And open your hearts, open your minds, and be receptive to the word of God. And I'm going to share with you today a one-off message. And um, it's not a series, that's what I mean. 
I usually preach in series because I think that we don't have to rush the word of God. And when you preach in series, it gives you enough time to break things down well for the people to be able to assimilate. But today's message is a single one. And I'm going to share with you a message I have titled Three Important Appointments of This Life. Three important appointments of this life. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, an appointment is an arrangement to meet someone at a particular time or place. I'll say it again. An appointment is an arrangement to meet someone at a particular time and place. There are three very important assignments related to this life. And this morning, it is my duty to inform you or remind us all about these three important assignments. Three important appointments. And you must understand that each and every one of us will have to meet that appointment. There are appointments that you can cancel. There are appointments that you can fail to show up for. So you may have an appointment to see the dentist. But dentists will tell you that a lot of people cancel their dental appointments. Because when they think about what the doctor or the dentist is going to do to them, they begin to develop cold feet and they keep postponing the appointments. So there are many appointments in this life that you can postpone or you can even cancel. But these three appointments that I'm going to share with you today are not appointments that you can cancel. And you must by all means make these appointments. Pastor, what are these three important assignments? I mean appointments. What are these three important appointments? I'm going to read to us two portions of scripture. And from these two scriptures, we are able to determine what these three important assignments are. Would you please turn with me to Hebrews chapter 9? And we are going to read verse 27 and 28. From the New King James Version of the Bible. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 to 28. This is what the Bible says. And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. 
To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time. Apart from sin, for salvation. It is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. Hallelujah. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 9 to 10. Please don't forget that we are sharing on the subject three important appointments of this life. And in First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 9 to 10 New King James Version once again. It says, for God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation. Hallelujah. Amen. From these two scriptures I just read, we can pick out three very important assignments of this life. And from Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, we can pick out an appointment with death. There is an appointment with death. Number two, there is an appointment with death. Judgment. And from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we see that there is also an appointment with salvation. So the three important appointments can be seen. Number one, an appointment with death. Number two, an appointment with judgment. And number three, an appointment with salvation. Everybody say with me, I have an appointment with death. I have an appointment with judgment. I have an appointment with salvation. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what is the first important appointment of this life? Appointment with death. Number two, the second? Appointment with judgment. Number three, appointment with salvation. Now, that's it. That's my message for you today. So, there is no reason why you should go home after this service for somebody to ask you, what did you hear in church today? And then you begin to fumble and say things that I never said during the service. I've told you, we're learning about three important appointments in this life. And from the very beginning, I have revealed to you what these appointments are. Once again, what is the first appointment? Appointment with death. What is the second appointment? Appointment with judgment. And what is the third appointment? Appointment with salvation. Look into the face of your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, are you aware 
that you have an appointment with death, tell your neighbor, Ewo. Say, neighbor, do you know you have an appointment with judgment? Tell your neighbor, Mewo. Then say, neighbor, do you know you have an appointment with salvation? Tell your neighbor, hallelujah. Why don't you clap your hands and bless the name of the Lord? And clap for yourselves. You are good students. Good. Now, I want us to take a little time and run through these different appointments. The first one is an appointment with death. Now, I know that the subject of death is a subject that makes us very uneasy. And it is not something we like to talk about. But ladies and gentlemen, it is part of life. Death is part of life. It is inevitable. We cannot run away from it. You can ignore the subject. But it doesn't change its reality. And whether we enjoy it or not. Whether we feel comfortable by it or not. It is a reality that we must come to terms with. Let me give you some interesting statistics. Every single day that passes by, 155,000 people die. Every single day. 155,000 people die. Every hour of every day, 6,458 people die. Every hour. It is 11.10 as we speak. By the time it is 12.10, when the statistics are put together 6,458 people would have died every second of every day two people die so two are gone Ka another two. Ka another two. Ka another two. Ka another two. Ka another every single second two people. Die. With such stat- statistics, you cannot run away. I am still feeding back. You cannot run away from the reality of death. And I want to emphasize to all of us that we all have an appointment with death. There is a particular day, a particular time, a particular place when each and every one of us will have to exit this world. When that day comes and when that time strikes you cannot dodge it. And when God says to you come you can tell him come. You know how sometimes you call little children you say come and then you do this. Meaning, I won't come. For this appointment with death, 
You cannot say that I won't go. Because God himself has determined the day, the time, and the place for each and every one of us. Turn with me to Psalms 139. Maybe you are saying, saying in your head, Pastor, today did you come to depress us? No. <laughs> That's not my intention at all. But it's my duty to tell you all things, both pleasant and unpleasant, both easy and difficult, both nice and not so nice. That is my responsibility. And I cannot shake it. I must see it through. So there are times that I will preach sermons that will excite your senses. It will make you feel like jumping out of your seat and shouting seven hallelujahs. That's wonderful. But ladies and gentlemen, there will be Times when I preach messages, you want the service to end quickly. So that you can find somewhere to pass. Because as the message is coming, it's like something is pricking you. And you are sweating more profusely than usual. Even though we are in an air-conditioned church. Are we not in an air-conditioned church? Ah, tell your neighbor, I can feel the, the air. I can feel the air. It's very cool. You are speaking prophetically. Can I hear your loud amen? amen. In Psalms 139 verse 16. New Living Translation. This is what the psalmist said to God. You saw me before I was born. Tell your neighbor you are not a mistake. Tell another neighbor you are not an accident. Look, even if your father and your mother did not plan your birth, you are still not an accident. If they never had an intention to have a child, but you came forth, it is still not an accident. You are not a mistake. God has a definite plan and purpose concerning your life. And as you entrust your life to him. And as you keep looking to him. That plan and purpose will come to pass. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So even if your mother abandoned you. Or your father disowned you. Constantly remind yourself that I am not an accident. And I am not a mistake. You have been carrying pain and sorrow for a very long time. And you look at other people and how they relate with their parents. But you don't have such parents to relate with. Because you've always felt like an unwanted child. But even if your father and your mother abandon you, Abba Father will never abandon you. And as you trust in him, he will accomplish his great purposes where your life is concerned. Lift up your hand and say, I am planned. I am not an accident. I am not a mistake. I'm not a mistake. I will do well in this life. According to God's plan for my life. Hallelujah. Amen. He says, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Now think about those words again. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. 
and every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Look at it from the Good News translation. You saw me before I was born. The days allotted to me. The days allotted to me had all been recorded in your book. Before any of them ever began. What does it mean ladies and gentlemen? It means that your days are numbered. And it means that there's a time in your life when you will expire. Because everybody has an expiry date. You know what an expiry date is, don't you? So when you buy a tin of milk, if you check the label, you will see two important dates. The date of manufacture and the date that milk will expire. Or the day the milk was born and the day it will die. So the tin of milk knows its expiry date. Hey, nah, no, no, no. I what was I saying? Yes. The milk has an expiry date. Clearly imprinted on it. But our problem is that we do not know our expiry dates. Because truth be told, if you know that in two months time I am out, within six weeks max, you now the fear alone will kill you before your time. How many agree with me? How many would like to know your day of death? Maybe yes. <laughs> Maybe no. But God has decided not to tell us. So we don't know. But we definitely have expiry dates. And that is the date we have an appointment with death. And that date has been determined. God has a book that has all such records of every individual that he brings upon the face of this earth. And so we cannot dodge it. Now, the reality about our appointment with death is that for some, it may come earlier than planned. That is earlier than you wished. For some people, they may live very long. There's something they call premature death. So in a country like America, they define premature death as anybody who dies before the age of 75. And there are even things they would tell you to do in order to avoid this so-called premature death. Eat well. Don't smoke. Drink in moderation. Exercise regularly. They will tell you such things. They will tell you sleep well. And they will tell you that if you do all of these things, you will avoid premature death. That is cute. But it's wrong. 
Because the reality is this. That some people will be called out of this world early. And some will be called much later. But whether early whether later it is God who determines it. And you have that appointment. Which is why you must console yourself with this truth. That nobody can kill you before your time. I said nobody can kill you before your time. I said nobody can kill you before your time. They may take your picture to a certain shrine. They may release some incantations and chants over your picture and over your name. But I declare to you this morning that no weapon fashioned against you will prosper. Amen. And every tongue lifted in judgment against you is condemned in the name of Jesus. Amen. If God hasn't determined it, nobody can effect it. For who is it that saith a thing and it cometh to pass when the Lord God has not ordered it? May I declare to somebody today, you will not die prematurely. Amen. Nobody can kill you before your time. Amen. You will live and declare the glory of God in your life. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Can I hear your loudest amen? Amen. But the fact still stands. Somebody is saying, oh no, here we go again. (laughs) But the fact still stands. That Everybody has an expiry date. And for some, it may come early. And for some, it may be late. So what must we do? Psalms 90 verse 12 helps us. King James Version of Psalms 90 verse 12. It says, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. So God's word is showing us what we need to do. We must learn how to number our days. That means we need to constantly remind ourselves that we are not going to be here forever. And we must do what we can through the help of the Holy Spirit to make the best use of every single day that God gives to us. If there are important decisions to take, do not postpone them. If there are important moves to make, do not postpone them. I am not by this saying that you should rush into things. That is not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that constantly remind yourself that you're not going to be here forever. We must number our days. And number two, we must apply our hearts to wisdom. The greatest wisdom to apply our hearts to is the wisdom of giving our lives to Jesus. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
And the fear of the Lord does not just have to do with being afraid of him. It has a lot more to do with revering God, acknowledging him, and recognizing the God factor in your life. And it is wisdom to do that. It is also wisdom to serve God. As long as you have breath. That is another wisdom that you can apply your heart That is why one of the greatest mistakes you can ever make is to run away from an opportunity to serve God. To do something for God. To work for God. To do good. To invite people to Jesus. To talk to somebody about Christ. It is a grave mistake to run away from such things. Because when I take you to the second appointment, you will understand why. So let's go to the second appointment. Which is the appointment with what? Judgment. Let me hear you say it again. Appointment with what? Judgment. With judgment. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, we read from Hebrews 9, 27, for it is appointed unto men once to die. So that is appointment to death. Then it says, after death, judgment. So it started by saying it is appointed. That means there is an appointment. And it mentioned two things there. Appointment with death. And then appointment with judgment. Hallelujah. Amen. And that is the second important appointment of this life. An appointment with judgment. Where we will be assessed. Where we will be weighed. Where things to do with us will be looked at. And a decision will be taken concerning us. Romans chapter 14 verse 12. I've almost finished preaching. Uh, Romans 14 verse 12. King James Version. It says, so then every one of us shall give account of himself to God will give an account of himself or herself to God. That is what judgment entails. To give an account to God. Not to man but to God. And God is the righteous judge. And really, he is the one that ultimately we will give account to. And that is why human beings must be careful to do what only God is supposed to do. Because judgment really belongs to God. I said judgment belongs to who? That's why you have to be very careful when you are called upon to pass judgment on somebody. Because you may be setting yourself up for a lot of trouble. And that is why Jesus said in Matthew 7 verse 1, judge not so that you will not be judged. He said for with the same measure that you meet out it will be measured back unto you also. So however you judge somebody note that the same principles that you used so if you do not judge somebody fairly and rightly 
After having all the facts and all the evidence, if you don't do that and you pass judgment on somebody, let it be known unto you that that same standard or yardstick would be used when it is your turn. That is why it is safer when you allow God to do what only he is supposed to do. And that is why when you are being invited to make commentary about things that you don't really understand, tell whoever is inviting you that this thing I am not going to get into it because I don't want any problems. Do you understand what I am saying to you? But we have an appointment with judgment. And there is a day when we will give account to God himself. Now there are two types of judgment that will take place. One of the judgments will be for Christians or believers. This will be judgment for those who have received Jesus as Lord and Savior. Who have surrendered their lives to Jesus and made him Lord and Savior of their lives. Such people, when they die, there is a particular type of judgment that they will come under. So, for us as Christians, we have our own judgment. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10. New King James Version. 2 Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That each one may receive the things done in the body. According to what he has done. Whether good or bad. The letter to the church in Corinth was written to believers. So when he says for we must all appear. He is referring to believers. And where must we appear at? He says we must appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So as a child of God, your judgment will be before what we call the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ. That is the judgment that believers come under. And in that judgment, the issue and the contention will not be whether you should be allowed into heaven or not. Your Place in heaven is guaranteed. For as long as you die in the law. That is the condition. Once you die in the Lord. Not having renounced or denounced Jesus. And you have kept the faith. When you die. There will be no issue like must he or she be allowed into heaven or not. Benedicta, it is guaranteed. Hallelujah. Amen. So what will our judgment be about? Our judgment will have to do with our works after we got saved. What, what we did for the Lord. Our fruits. Those things are the issues that will be looked at and considered when we come before the judgment seat of Christ. 
Now, before you get born again, your works, your good works do not count. In a certain sense. Because the Bible says in Isaiah 64 verse 6 that all our righteousnesses are like filthy rags before the Lord. So before you become born again, all the good things that you do will not give you any marks that will allow you into heaven. The only marking scheme is what you did with Jesus. Did you receive him as Lord and Savior? Or you did not? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And he is the only standard for gaining admission into the invest. I mean, into heaven. Okay, the university of heaven. Are you okay now? That's the only standard. Till then, if you've not received him as Lord and Savior, all your good works, all your nice things, where God is concerned, they are like filthy rats. They may come into play. And I will talk about that. But you must understand that after you become born again, God has an expectation of you. And the expectation of you is that you must do works for the Lord. You must serve him. You must work for him. You must support the kingdom of God. You must help the people of God. You must bear good fruits. You must allow God to use you to reach others and to save others. Those are the things that will come up in contention when we come before the judgment. And that is why I worry when the people of God run away from every opportunity to do some good works in the name of the Lord. It amazes me. And it also worries me. Because it is clear to me that the average Christian is not conscious of this. That you yourself will be saved though. But your salvation will be as through fire. It's like you just made it. I'm sure you've heard before, maybe seen on the news of a, a house that experienced a fire outbreak. And, yeah. and then some of the people who escaped will, will, will give a report that I lost everything. The only thing I have left are the clothes that I am wearing. That is it. But I lost everything. Now, you are saved though. But it will be torture. Your fridge is gone. Your blender is gone. Your shoes are gone. Your soap. Soup. Your soup is gone. And it's almost like you have to start life all over again. It must be a very terrible experience. But that is how it will feel like when we stand before God and they are looking for our works and they can't find them. And all the angels will be looking at you and all they can say is, oh, what would they say? Oh, they won't talk much, but all they will say again is what? And the oh is deep. What they are saying is, you wasted your life. They, they don't want to say it. But what is, that, what, that is what they are saying without wanting to say it. That wasted life. Wasted salvation. Wasted opportunities. Because you are looking for your works. 
We are looking for your works. So for some, the angels will be excited and there will be applause and excitement and jubilation when your name comes up. When they mention your name, Elizabeth Abel, and then you will ask the mention, maybe as you are standing there, you've seen that, that some of the people who went ahead and it was not easy for them. And then you start thinking about yourself. Then you hear your name. Then your heart will burn you. But then to your surprise, they mentioned your name. Elizabeth Abbe. And then suddenly you hear the angels shouting. Hey. They are clapping. They are making noise. And you are even confused. So you are wondering whether it is you, Elizabeth Abbe, or there's another Elizabeth Abbe that they are calling. But you are the one. And then as you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, he will look at you with happiness, with joy, with approval written in his eyes. As he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful. You did your best for me. You did all these works. You will be reminded of good works that you did that even you yourself, you have forgotten about. And then that is when you will receive rewards. Better rewards than the rewards that are given in, in this life. They say you are Ghana's most beautiful. Sometimes they tell you they'll give you car. After you've won. They now start giving you stories <laughs> that the car is at the repair shop. The car that they said they would give to you that you thought was a brand new car, it is at the repair shop at Insian Auto Mechanic Shop at Abosu Okai. The car that you won. <laughs> All the things that you did. That <laughs> you this reward that Christ himself will give you. Jesus. It will not be like that. Amen. And that's why I say to us, my <laughs> friends. Let's do our best for the Lord. <laughs> because there are rewards for <laughs> us. Let us not stand before God for him to look at us with such disapproval and sadness. That's what I'm saying to you. That opportunity that we have to do something for Christ. Let's not run away from it. And let's not bluff. Let's not bluff when we, when, when we can do something for God and we're being called upon to do it. Why are you bluffing? Bluffing. Bluffing. Okay, why are you bluffing? And look, the gifts you have, God gave them to you. And his intention is to use those gifts to bring him glory. So why are you bluffing? Why? Why is it that every time we must hail you, oh King of Kings, oh Lord of Lords, oh you can really sing, oh, oh you can really organize, oh, oh you can really pray, oh, oh you can really uh, control the camera, oh, oh you can really mix, oh, oh you can really play, oh. Why? It's like when we are dealing with you, we have to tread cautiously. Because we are afraid of offending you. You had better use whatever gifts and abilities God has given to you. And use them in his service. And use them faithfully. There are times when people may offend you and you don't feel like doing certain things again. But be careful because... The devil is after you. He's out to get you to rob you of your reward. That's why you should learn to let things go. 
you must be quick to drop off certain issues. And when somebody is offering offense and anger and bitterness to you on a silver platter, reject it. It's a privilege to do the things that we do. It's a privilege to serve God. To support God. To support the house of God. And shame to us if we don't support the house of God with money, with offerings, and with tithes. Shame on us. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where you invest your money, it shows me where your heart is. Yeah. So if you support the house of God, the work of God, the things of God generously, it tells me where your heart is. You cannot trick me. So ask yourself, how much of your resources, how much of your gifts, how, how many of your abilities have you channeled into the house of God? On that day, Sadano, when we appear before the judgment seat of God, he's going to ask us some questions. Hallelujah. Amen. I said that it's a one-off message. <laughs> but it looks like it will be in two parts. Because my time is up. Our dear pastor who came to preach to us last week, he told you that you shouldn't put pressure on me. Allow me to preach. But I think that I have given you enough to chew on for today. And let me end by asking you two important questions. Have you received Jesus as Lord? Have you surrendered your heart to him? Is he the Lord of your life? If you haven't, you are in danger. And if you have, you will know. If I ask you, when you die, will you go to heaven? If you can't give me a clear, definite, assured answer, it probably means that you are not really saved. And remember that I told you we have an appointment with death. But you cannot afford to make that appointment when you have not received Jesus as Lord. And that is why today I'm asking you that in your heart of hearts sincerely all jokes aside are you born again? Are you really saved? Is Jesus the Lord of your life? Have you confessed the Lord Jesus with your mouth? And have you believed in your heart that he is the son of God? That he died for us? That he was raised from the dead on the third day? That he is alive forevermore? That he ever liveth? and that he will return again. Do you really believe that in your heart If you've done these two things, then you can be assured of your salvation. And today, I want to give an opportunity to you. Somebody invited you to church today. Maybe you didn't even want to come. But the pressure was too much. And you came. But this today's message is the reason why God ensured that you came to church. And today, when you hear his voice, you must not harden your heart. That is my message to anybody here who doesn't know Jesus as Lord. And for those of us who are saved, remember that we will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And we are going to be judged based on our works and our fruits. I plead with you. Let's take service to God very seriously. Let's take service to God seriously. Every opportunity we have to work 
for God and to do something for God. Let's take it seriously. Let's not bless. Let's not share our home with the gifts and the abilities that God has given to us. Let's not bury our abilities. Let's use them. Let's do good works. Let's bear good fruits to the glory of God. This is my message Rise to your feet, everybody. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Bow down your heads, close your eyes. If your eyes are open, there is something under your eyes. And don't let me tell you something that I don't want to tell you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. This morning, I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. This is a very serious thing. Please don't play jokes with this. Don't, don't dismiss the things that I've told you this morning. Because Christ is knocking at the door to your heart. And he wants to come in and present to you the free gift of salvation. And he wants you to accept that gift before you exit this world. Before your appointment with death. You want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Maybe you are watching me. You are watching this live stream. Or maybe you are watching it much later. A broadcast of it. But the question still stands. Have you received Jesus as Lord and Savior? Today you have an opportunity to do so. And as every head is bowed and every eye closed. If you want to give your heart to Jesus. You want him to be the Lord and Savior of your life. Wherever you are standing. I want you to lift up your right hand. God bless you. And I'm going to pray for you. Lift up that hand very clearly. Very clearly so I can see. Please, it is between you and your God. Don't let anybody deceive you. Don't let, don't be intimidated by anybody. Jesus is looking for you today. And he says today if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. God bless you. I see you. If your hand is lifted, I want you to do one more thing for me. Wherever you are standing, move from there and come and meet me right in front. If you lifted your hand, come to me right now. Don't worry about what anybody thinks. If you lifted your hand, come, come, come to me. Come for them as they come. Come right now. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to him right now. Come to him. He's looking for you. He's waiting for you. He wants you. And he wants to make a difference in your life. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. Now those of you standing in front here. It's not by accident that you came to church. Jesus has been looking for you. And today he has found you. I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. You are not too young, neither are you too old to receive Jesus and to humble yourself before him. So I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. Maybe you are in your room, you're watching this and you've been convicted by the Holy Spirit. Please pray this prayer along with them. And I want you to understand that Jesus is ready. His arms are wide open to receive you. Lift up your two hands, my friends, and say this prayer with me. Say, and everybody join in this prayer. Say, dear Lord Jesus, this morning, I come to you just as I am. Oh Lord, I know 
that I am a sinner. That the only thing that can save me is your grace and your mercy. I come to you today and I surrender my life to you. I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior. For the rest of my life, I will serve you. I will live for you. Please help me through your Holy Spirit to live for you and to stay with you. Please write my name in the book of life. Receive me as your own. Change my life. Change my heart. Make me brand new. Be glorified in my life. Thank you, Father, for hearing my prayer. Today, today, 5th of March, 2023, I am saved. I am saved. I am born again. I am a child of God. Thank you, Father, for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.